0: Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com slash SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME.
1: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media.
0: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Michael Stelzner, my co-host today is Kimberly Reynolds, and this is the show. Yes, the show for marketers are who are like, what's going on, man? Why does this world keep changing? Well, guess what? Get used to it. The good news is we're here to be your guide. We're going to get you through the jungle. Just hang tight. Join us for the amazing ride on this journey that we, were, we are all on. In this show, we cover the, the news that literally broke in the last few days. By the way, this show is made possible by our exclusive sponsor, Social Media Marketing World 2018. You need to get there smmw18.com, smmw18.com. All right. On today's show, we're going to explore Facebook live screen sharing with Mr. Joel Com. In addition, he's going to talk about a bunch of new augmented and virtual reality updates. And then in the second segment, we've got Amanda Bond coming on to talk about, yes, new changes in Facebook advertising. And we've got a lot of other breaking news. And while we get ready to uh, bring Joel on and begin screen sharing, I want to encourage everybody that's watching to share this show. Let the world know about this show. Let them know how much you love it. And I, in particular, want to let you know some exciting new news that we have here at Social Media Examiner. We have just dropped a brand new, what I'm calling a video documentary called The Journey. It's an episodic video documentary. It's literally just like five to eight minutes a week and check it out at journey.show. Already 20 some thousand people have begun watching that show and the feedback has been completely off the charts. It's literally a behind the scenes here at Social Media Examiner as we are on an impossible journey to try to accomplish a mission that is crazy And we take you through the good, the bad, the ugly, and all the exciting times. And with that, I'd like to welcome my very good friend, Joel Kamm, to the show, who's one of the leading experts in live video. How are you doing today, Joel? Speaking of the ugly, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. So, so Joel, you have been messing around with this brand new thing called Facebook Live Screen Sharing. So, Mm -hmm. like, First of all, this literally just dropped like in the last 48 hours, right? So what is this and and fill us in. What do we need to know?
2: Facebook is so slow to iterate. I tell you, this seems like it'd be something basic. We've been doing screen sharing on Skype and, you know, here on Crowdcast and so many places forever go to meeting. And so now when you're on desktop, whether it's uh, Mac or PC, and my understanding is either Chrome or Firefox, this little share screen button pops up before you go live. And so when you click it, it brings up the typical uh, interface that allows you to pick. Do you want to share an application or do you want to share a specific window? and then you go live now i made the mistake the first time i tried it of going live without picking a screen and it was just me on camera but i thought i'd be able to switch to share screen you can't you have to it's one or the other it's either you're on camera or you share a screen so Mm -hmm. it's cool it's just not ready for prime time well this is fascinating so just to be crystal clear
0: um How do we find this exactly? You have to be on a desktop is what I hear. Go to your
2: desktop, click live video under a, a new post and your live video window pops up just like you're seeing it here on the screen. Create a live broadcast, type in whatever it's about. If you want to share a screen, like if you're going to do a presentation and you don't need to have your face available on camera, then this is a great way to do it. You click share screen and you could pick your, you know, your PowerPoint or your keynote or your web browser or whatever it is you want to show and tell. And so it's the image that will appear on your Facebook Live along with your voice. Do you have the option to share your entire screen versus just a particular app like your browser? You do. Anybody who's ever done share screen on any application like Skype or GoToMeeting, it lets you share your entire desktop or you could pick a particular application window. Can you switch it up once you're live, or do you have to make sure you nope, get it right? Okay. That's it. It's it's one size fits all right now, and uh, which so, really limits the utility. In fact, even opening, if you're sharing a browser window and you open another tab on that browser, typically a screen share will pick up on that new tab. This one doesn't. You have to load another website into the very same browser tab. Hmm. So it's, it's kind of primitive. And I'm surprised that they rolled out something that wasn't quite the utility that most people would require as a basic minimum. So what I hear you saying is we should share our entire screen to ensure no matter what we have up there will work when we go live. Is that correct? Um, that's not a bad idea. But if your screen resolution is really high, realize it could choke the bandwidth a little bit. Right, right, right. So um, let's talk about possible applications here, Joel. How do you think – I mean like – what could we do with this? Well, it's a webinar, basically. For me, the most practical application would be a presentation, right? Right. You want to give a a keynote or a PowerPoint presentation. You've got it ready to go. You share that screen and you narrate over that presentation. To me, that is the most practical practical application. I suppose if you're going to do a how-to, maybe you want to do a Photoshop tutorial and demonstrate how to do something in real time. But I don't know, you know, even an application like Photoshop has a lot of pop-up windows. And I'm not sure if you just share that particular application, if those are going to show up, which would be a good reason to share your whole screen. What's your thoughts on the
0: resolution? Because in the past, when we used to go live from the desktop, it was definitely not a very good resolution. You would get much better resolution using a tool like ECAM or something else. Were you pretty
2: impressed with the? Was it HD quality? As far as the screen, it's it's okay. I mean, it's it's fine. It works. It's functional. Realize without pumping, right. um, you know, cameras through it. I think that there's less data that goes through from a desktop screen. Than from a HD video camera, so it's fine again i it's exciting to see them moving this direction It's disappointing to see that they rolled out a product that i don't think most people will use yet because I, I can't I can't even do a picture in picture like we're doing right here yep. you're doing a screen share, but all three of us are also up here right. and yeah. um, you know there's something about live video that we need to see faces. What I like about this is it doesn't require any in- external software
0: so That's the big deal. I think it could be very good for a demo, not just a presentation. So if you're actually trying to show someone how to do something, for example, how to, you know, log into a website or email program or you know, anything that you could record as a demo, I would see this could be popular. I could see, I could also see because you can now do this into group, you know, if you can go live. Uh, on Facebook with sharing your screen, then you could also do that into a private group, and I would imagine you could create exclusive content without any third-party middle software. So I just see this as like the the poor man's on road, if you will, to doing um, content into pre- into secret groups and stuff. What do you think about that? Yeah,
2: but there's tools that are better for that, you way know, better. This is the on ramp, is all I'm saying. Yeah, right? there's existing tools. I mean, you know me; I'm a big fan of Be Live, and you yep. can do this. Right. And have your face on screen and put it in the secret group. Exactly. And eCam and all these others. So, yeah.
0: So, uh, well, the good news is this is just the beginning, is my guess. You know, I'm sure that this will get more popular and I'm sure that eventually this will give some of those software companies perhaps, you know, uh, a they'll have to innovate, you know, so it's exciting news. All right, let's move on to the next item, uh, which is there's been a lot of news in the uh, augmented and virtual reality, particularly in the Oculus world. So Joel, talk to us quickly about what we're looking at here on the screen. It's Oculus Go. What is this?
2: so um I, i'm on screen too right so people can see this yeah. is the oculus rift that i'm holding right here and this is a unit that along with the touch controllers which are these right here for my hands i paid about 800 dollars for them it's connected to my pc you need a high-end pc in order to use it this new oculus go from facebook which owns oculus is a new standalone vr headset it's wireless it doesn't require you to plug it into any other hardware and this and it doesn't require your phone either. It's got its own screen in it. Hmm. So this is really a a consumer entry-level device that I think is going to help introduce virtual reality to a much wider audience.
0: And my understanding... Kim, it's only one hundred ninety nine dollars, right? Isn't that about right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. That. How in the world are they doing that? That's because you take you take like a phone. You know how expensive phones are, right? I mean, if you don't need a phone, that must mean it's got something equivalent to a phone with a pretty fast processor in it. I mean, how in the world right. are they doing this for only one hundred ninety nine dollars? You think it's a lost leader to get people to use uh, the, the the software?
2: I do sell the plot that you get the platform into people's hands and they buy the applications and there are, uh, there's going to be a lot of applications, you know, already for my Oculus Rift, there's hundreds of applications in the store. Some are free, some are up to $50. And so that's where the money is in the software. You think this is going to be like the big gift this holiday season for a lot of people? I don't. I think that it will. We're increasingly getting there, uh, but it's still not. I don't think we're quite there yet. My prediction has been holidays. 2019 is when we hit the big blowout for VR. I think we're going to see another unit by that time with an application that is must have software sells hardware. And right now they're approaching this with, Hey, we've got this cool hardware and you could do VR. I think a couple of years from now, there'll be another iteration. That'll be a little smaller, uh, maybe even cheaper, but there will be a software application that everybody's like, I have to use this. How do I use it? Oh, I have to have a VR headset. Okay. So this next
0: item is this, um, The reduction of the Oculus
2: that you have, it cut it in half almost, right? Again, this is proof that uh, they're looking to sell software. They want to get these into people's hands. I paid $799 for both the Oculus and the touch controllers. They've cut the price permanently in half. They did a test with it. They did a sale a uh, short time ago, and they're leaving the price permanently now at half of that $399. So if you have a high-end PC that is capable of this, uh, using this hardware, then I, I recommend it. It's just It's so much fun. I have a great time with it. And there's actually a piece of software on oculus.com that will do diagnostics on your pc and let you know whether or not you are ready to purchase this unit the keyword is pc this is not a mac thing at this moment this is for pc yeah most consumer grade macs are not powerful enough but they're twice the price, which is kind of funny. This is why Apple <laughs> is so wealthy. They have they have sold us on style over substance, and that's why I have now, both now, now. and,
3: now, and
2: now. a PC. Hey, I use both and have since the beginning. Um, so let's I'm talk about slanted. the dash.
0: What the heck is this Oculus Dash thing? We're looking at a woman. <laughs> swinging her hand in the air and kind of taking her monitor it looks like and doubling the size of it what is this super
2: exciting so you ever see the movie minority report with tom cruise where he's doing all this with his hands and moving around windows and documents and typing this is the the early version of that it's a piece of software you'll be able to use in your oculus rift that basically creates a whole 360 space for you to utilize your pc so windows everywhere depending upon i don't know you know what kind of processor you need to have if you have multiple things going on but you know right now i have two monitors i've got my 40 uh, inch monitor here in front of me and a 36 over there now with an oculus rift and dash i'll have unlimited desktop space
0: so it's it, but it's in a virtual world it's kind of like you're it taking is. your monitor and you're making it look really nice and really big but it's not physically there that's the fascinating thing
2: about it right and you're using these hand controllers To grab and move things around as you can see her doing there and there are some applications on the oculus where it already has some of this functionality there are some desktop programs that let you simulate your desktop into vr but this is definitely the most advanced and sophisticated
0: okay cool keep scrolling away kim so we're going to move to the next item here which is um customizable oculus home what the heck is this
2: well, when you launch your Oculus, it puts you in this cool Zen house, you know, with multi tiers and plants and running water, you know, little streams and stuff. And there's some music going on. It's, it's basically your desktop for Oculus where you then select the store or from your library. And over the past couple months, they've allowed you to pick from a couple more scenarios from your, your desktop home. But now they're going to let you customize it. You'll be able to put little 3D things toys gadgets they you know that that matter to you into your space so it's kind of like no two computer desktops are the same right we customize them with our own screensaver and and background and icons and and feel so you'll be able to do that in your oculus home joel so does this are we getting to a place where we'll be able to go to our friends quote-unquote
0: oculus home and it will look different than ours do you understand? I think I'm so. Saying?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think we'll visit uh, other people's spaces, yeah. which eventually will be integrated with um, with their VR app. So, what's this Oculus for Business thing all about? Well, they're they're going for high end. They want for people for businesses to be able to show off their stuff. No, you know, perfect example right here um, that Audi is building a virtual reality car showroom. I imagine we're going to see you know travel uh, agents and those in the travel business. We're going to see those in real estate basically creating using Oculus for business waves for people to see things and experience them as close as they possibly can without actually going there, because that's how you wet their whistle and get them interested. A lot of stuff they, they um, announced and came out with. Venues, Facebook venues. Now, this is fascinating. Talk to me about yeah. this, Joel super exciting as a concert goer I've probably been to 20 live shows this year Um, I'm super excited about this there's a lot of shows that you know you can't go to because of conflict schedules or you can't get a ticket or you can't get a close ticket you can't afford to and with venues um, Facebook is going to bring the concerts to you so you know right now people pay uh, pay per view high dollar for certain boxing matches or, uh, or other events well pretty soon in your Oculus Rift you'll be able to pay to experience a live concert and your friends can attend with you. So it'll be like you're standing almost front row center for a live show that's taking place elsewhere, but you'll be immersed in that experience. And I can't wait to try this. What's fascinating about this is uh,
0: the opportunity to be there live and watching a sporting event or actually being there on a movie premiere but not actually being there. Okay, this last one is kind of fascinating. Facebook 3D posts. What the heck is this, Joel?
2: Well, there's certain applications on the Oculus that really allow creative, artsy people to create objects in virtual reality in this 3D space. And what this will do is allow you to export these 3D images and post them on the Facebook and then they become interactive for users. You know, right now the only thing we can do that's interactive is if we post a 360 video and we can kind of tap around to look any direction we want. With these 3D posts, you'll be able to tap on people's 3D objects, rotate them around, and as you can see in the case of this, this old VW van or whatever this is, open the door and be more interactive with it. So this huh. is great fun. Does this mean that there will be special
0: content on Facebook only for Oculus users that normal users won't see? Is that kind of what I hear
2: you saying? Uh, no, I think that this is actually for though for users who are using Facebook on their mobile device. Oh, really? Um, the, the Creators will need to be in an application on spaces to, to make the 3D objects, which they can then export or post. But uh, anybody will be able to consume this content, just like you don't need to have a 360 camera right. to enjoy 360 on Facebook. That is so cool. Well, as we can tell, Joel, uh, the world is a changing,
0: my man. It is a changing. So why don't you tell everybody uh, where they can discover more about you and all the
2: awesome stuff you've got going on? joelcom.com of course and uh check out my new cryptocurrency podcast at bad crypto podcast. Awesome Joel, thank you so much for
0: joining us. See you guys, thank thanks you. for having me. Bye Joel. All right, we are going to bring on our next guest and while we're doing that, I'd love your thoughts. What do you think about this, Kim?
3: This just blows me away and it makes me want to learn how to go into Oculus and create some of this stuff. Just it's just so fascinating and exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean it is really You know, this is just the beginning, folks, right? You watch this, Mm -hmm. you hear this stuff, and you're like, wow, this is just kind of nutso kind of stuff that, you know, at first glance seems totally out there. Like, why would I wear this weird looking thing on my head? And why would I flail my arms up in the air? (laughs) But that's the world we're heading to. So we're going to go ahead and transition to the next segment. But before we do, Uh, Social Media Marketing World is the place you want to go if you want to really get your mind around things like live video and things like Facebook advertising. And we happen to have an amazingly big sale going on literally right now. So I would strongly encourage you to uh, check it out. The way that you can get there is how, Kim? What's the URL?
3: Social Media World
0: 18. It's smmw18.com. Again, again, smmw18.com. That was my way of stalling so I could find it. (laughs) All right. We are are super excited to be joined in our next segment by Amanda Bond, who's one of the leading Facebook ads experts on the planet. Amanda, how the heck are you today?
1: I'm doing good. I'm traveling. So I'm in New York and I'm pumped to be on the show talking about all the updates like usual.
0: Welcome back. Um, So, there have been two new changes for Facebook ads. Why don't you give us the skinny on what these two things are, maybe at a high level, and then we can dig into each one and maybe talk about how you think they might be important.
1: Perfect. So the first one is a little bit of a teaser because it hasn't officially been announced by Facebook, but uh, one of the next webs the director of social media has spotted it and it's a brand new custom audience. So new ways to target users for people using Facebook ads to get their content in front of them to advertise to people taking certain actions. So what they are, the two new ones, again, not confirmed by Facebook, but spotted. This is inside of ads manager in your custom audiences. And the first one is dwell time. So currently, we can only target people who have interacted with our brand in a very meaningful way. They're clicking, they're sharing, they're liking, they're commenting. But now Facebook is going to allow us to remarket to those who are just dwelling over top of it. So as you're scrolling through your newsfeed, if you stop and you pause to just read an ad... Advertisers can actually identify that behavior and then put further ads in front of them. So maybe they That's were kind of
0: crazy, actually. You so know, you think about busy. your fi- yeah, you think about your finger coming down the screen, you know, and then just pausing for a couple <laughs> seconds and then continuing. And it's like, wow, they know exactly where your finger is and what you're pausing on. Isn't that fascinating?
1: Exactly. The only, the only thing I'm wondering is how many times are you in a real life conversation and you just stop scrolling your screen? Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's ads on the screen at those times that we didn't necessarily, we weren't reading or we didn't intend to scroll and stop on. So there could be a little bit of overlap where people weren't actually interested however that's going to be a small majority of the time or minority of the time and the majority of people are going to be reading and engaging with the content so we could almost we could put a next step ad in front of them hey i saw that you read this that would spook the heck
0: out, out of me though wouldn't that kind of wouldn't that kind of like i don't know <laughs> Kim, wouldn't you freak out a little bit if you, if there is an ad that said i
3: think said, that i've gotten used to the fact hey, that facebook knows i know all, that you,
0: you know? looked at me you must be interested, (laughs) you know,
1: (laughs) it's Tinder. (laughs) Well, funny enough, I've seen people do that where you land on a certain page of the website and they call it out and they say, thanks for visiting that page. Or I see that you visited the page and you didn't sign up. And what happens is they, they get a lot more engagement because instead of it being just marketing marketer, they're talking and creating a user experience. So I think that you could have fun with this. Again, there's going to be that small portion that didn't mean to stop by. And it's not confirmed by Facebook, but dwell time could be a really cool uh, thing that we're looking at. Do, and the uh, second Wait, real one, quick, Amanda.
0: Do we, know, yes. do we know what qualifies as a dwell? Like, have you heard anything? Like, are we talking like just microseconds or is it too early to know?
1: Ah, uh, I think it's too early to know. For some reason, four seconds is coming to mind in what we're gonna talk about in the second half of Instagram. Because four seconds and three seconds, those are common three second video views, puts them in a retargeting audience. Awesome. After four seconds on Instagram, the call to action button changes color. So I'm thinking it's gonna be a shorter time period, but none of that has been disclosed yet. Again, Facebook hasn't even confirmed this, right? But there's a screenshot. So some testing's happening happening on the back end there.
0: Okay, cool. Right? The, Talk about the next The
1: second one. New custom audience is link sharing, though. So the reason I'm getting excited about link sharing, because think about it, we already have custom audiences of people who have been to your website and triggered off that Facebook pixel. So if they've shared a link, they've likely already been on that site and got into that retargeting audience. With link sharing, though, I, it's going to allow us to identify those people who are your evangelists, those hyper users that take that content and then broadcast it out to other people. So it's almost going deeper with people based on their actions. So I think some really cool targeting could happen with just the people that are link sharers.
0: Um. Social media today, uh, in the first one on Dual Time, said this would enable you to, to retarget retar- those who looked at your ads but have not taken any action, which is a good way of saying it, right? Um, and that can hopefully get them over the edge with a better ad. And in the second one, they said this could come particularly handy for event marketing in specific regions, focusing on ads on link shares in the vicinity could help boost response. So, for example, in our case, social media marketing world, if people like in the San Diego County area happen to be sharing about our conference, I mean, we could, we could kind of, combine those two things together and, and and somehow figure out a way to engage them how could we do something like what what could we do with link shares that we wouldn't do with the other people that are engaging with our posts like help me to kind of wrap my brain around because there already is an engagement audience right
1: yeah absolutely so they're already in that audience so for me it- Uh, the way that I see it, it almost should be a reward system. Those are the people that are evangelists for your brand. So how can we incentivize that community to continue to share? Mm -hmm. Are they going to get the first peek at a new piece of content? Do you have a new report that you're going to target just to them? Because if they're already link sharers, what happens is if we put an ad with brand new hot content in front of them, what are they going to do? They're likely going to share the link again. So it could be a way to create, uh, almost contrive, making it viral, Mm. right? Go to the people that you know are going to take the desired action and put that new content in front of them and make it fun.
0: I have a crazy idea. What if there was a thank you video? Hey, thank you so much for sharing our our link. And by the way, we have an affiliate program. Did you know that? Something like that would be really awesome, wouldn't it?
1: Absolutely, engage, engage them and reward them for their behavior. I think yeah. it could be really fun. Now, do well, you would, have would this be, Wait, oh, real sorry, quick, Amanda.
0: You do you have either one of these yet, or are these? Just, I don't.
1: And okay. again, they're not confirmed by Facebook. But if we have a screenshot,
0: yeah, it's there's coming.
1: some testing going on. So I don't have a timeline for when this would or wouldn't roll out. Kim, go ahead. Well, it looks
3: like it's UK anyway, but. Isn't this link sharing custom audience? Doesn't this in some ways circumvent the issue that we're seeing with Apple and their security blocking pixels? And because if Facebook has a way of targeting these people who have shared your links and, and not using, um, the, the pixel to do it, then that gives us a way of creating that audience without relying on.
1: Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying that. to think though. How would they track it? So if you're sharing a link, that link still has to have a pixel on it to send the data back to Facebook, like whatever the web page was needed that pixel on it. So, so No, maybe not because they
3: see the data internally in Facebook. Facebook sees the Mm -hmm. link you've shared. They know who you are. They put you in that audience. Just to
0: clarify what Kim's talking about, for those of you that are confused, uh, uh, Safari on the mobile iOS device has cookies, uh, the option to turn cookies off. I think it might even be by default, but but it's only at the browser level, not the server level. So if the cookie activity is stored at the server level, then it's totally fine. And that's something we talked about a couple of weeks earlier. Um, well, Amanda, I want to jump into this next news item, which is Instagram. So Instagram, you kind of teased it up a little bit, but why don't you explain a little bit more about what this Instagram changes on the ad side?
1: Perfect. So it's been about two years since Instagram ads have been a thing. And in the last little while, they redesigned the call to action button. So if you look on the left-hand side of the screen, the old look, we're talking about that blue bar under the picture. And the way that it was working is you're scrolling through Instagram, you pause on an ad, and within four seconds, that blue bar changes from white on the left-hand side to blue in the second column. So it's just an engaging way for people to pay attention to that sponsored content.
0: It's like a flash or, so, or is it permanent?
1: It's it's a permanent one. So once it's blue, it stays blue on Instagram. So that's what it looked like. And now they're doing another makeover because as we know, Instagram is a platform that is very aesthetic. They want things to look beautiful. Their users really care about that visual experience. So the new look with that call to action button, it's still going to operate in the exact same way. However, they're going to take the dominant color of the image of that ad, and they're going to match it to the dominant color. So for that technical people, they'll take the specific hex number and use that for the call to action bar so that it blends in more and creates a more favorable user experience.
0: Do you think they're going to allow the advertiser to be able to select that color in the future? Or do you think it's just going to be automagically done?
1: I think it's going to roll out automatically, but I do feel that they may change it. The only reason I I feel they might not do that is if people were using it in extremely contrasting ways. So if we're looking at this image and green is the main color and we wanted to contrast it with red, that would stand out, but is that a good user experience? So they may keep it and just pull it. Or maybe they will just give you a a selection
0: of of three colors from the, from the thing and you have to choose one or maybe something like that. Right.
1: Absolutely. Something that's closer to being on brand, but it's, it's all about preserving that really visually appealing aspect of that platform. And if advertisers are going to be over there, because people were always talking about how Instagram ads are so disruptive, Mm -hmm. let's continue to refine that user experience for people.
0: Sweet. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for bringing us the news on Facebook and Instagram when it comes to their ad stuff. Can you let everyone know where they can discover more about you?
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. And you can always come over and hang out on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash the ad strategist.
0: Amanda Bond. Thank you again. We'll catch you next time. Have a good one.
1: Bye Amanda. Thank you.
0: By the way, if you guys are not really up on all this crazy stuff that's been going on with Facebook advertising, there is a lot. And that's one of the things Kim does for us. And Kim can resonate with this, right, Kim? I mean, there's so oh, much yeah. stuff in it. At first glance, it appears like basic, but when you start thinking about these interactions and changes of all these things, it it's like a crazy puzzle. And we... um can help you with that. First of all, we publish articles all the time on this stuff for free on Social Media Examiner. But secondly, I think we have like seven or eight sessions dedicated to Facebook advertising at Social Media Marketing World. Isn't that about right, Kim?
2: Yeah, that sounds right. There's
0: a lot. So if you want to take your professional development on this stuff to the next level, Consider either getting a virtual ticket or a physical ticket to social media marketing world. And this is really one of those kind of things where the return on investment could be worth it. Because if you could pick up from the pros like Amanda, who will be teaching how to do this right, you can kind of eliminate a lot of wasteful experimentation and really just get right into what absolutely works. You can find out more by visiting smmw18.com. Again, smmw dot com. If you like the show, hit the share button. We would love you to let your friends know about it. All right. On to the next news item. Facebook is officially rolling out something brand new on the desktop called the explore feature. Now, I know that uh, Grace Duffy, who's on our uh, editorial team for this show, uh, has had this on her um, Android device for a very long time. But I don't think I've had it on my mobile device. I don't know if you have, Kim, either, but it's a little icon of a rocket ship on a mobile device. And on the desktop, it looks like uh, you'll find it in the sidebar, and it's a little rocket ship inside of a red circle. Have you ever hit the Explore feed, Kim?
3: Well, I will tell you just this morning, I went to go to search, and it popped up the Explore feed, and there were little rocket things shooting across my screen. And I'm like, what's this? So it just happened today.
0: So it was animated. Interesting.
2: Yeah, so,
0: it was animated. So here's the deal: the Explore feed helps users find more content uh, on social media from friend uh, from from people that they do not follow. Okay, so um, it says it helps users discover more content across the social network beyond the posts from friends and pages they follow. So Facebook as we know, knows a heck of a lot about us. They know what we're interested in. And the Explore feed allows you to kind of find stuff that Facebook thinks you would be interested in. Again, they're not from pages or people that you probably are familiar with at all. So it's just kind of a way to go down a rabbit trail. So if you're interested in in checking it out, I find that a lot of the stuff that I see inside there is dorky kind of stupid video stuff. I mean, I'm not, it's not like, I'm looking for marketing stuff. I don't think Facebook knows that about me. Um, yet, but I have not found it to be that valuable for me. But I think the upside to this for marketers is if your content will be somehow lifted up in the explore feed. This is a way for people to discover you, right Kim? And yeah, they can, it's people and it's pages. So this is a great way for you to grow perhaps uh, a new following because if your content's really hot, they're just going to kind of throw it up in the explore feed. So like how cool would it be if our brand new show called The Journey was somehow popping up in the explore feed? I think that, that would, be, would be awesome. I think that'd be awesome and I wouldn't be surprised if that actually is happening. So <laughs> Check it out. Experiment with it. Um, At this point, I don't think they allow a lot of customization inside the Explorer feed. I would really like it if they did, but uh, that's the news there. Over to you, Kim. It's
3: not a really new feature from Facebook. It's the order food feature, which has been around for a while, but now it's available everywhere in the U.S. We just covered it a couple weeks
0: ago. Remember when I was I was yeah. talking about how I could order yeah. from my local restaurants.
3: I, I actually covered it. So oh, you covered it. It's not it. new. Yeah. But what what the news here is that it's expanded everywhere in the US. It's on iOS, Android, and desktop, which is really nice. And so what it, what it's showing in this video is that how easy it is to just search for whatever you know food that you want. And it's a lot of different places, both big national brands and local eateries. You can decide whether you want takeout or delivery. It shows you all of your different options. And instead of reinventing the wheel here, Facebook has partnered with industry leaders like dot Delivery.com, DoorDash, many more partners than they had the last time we reported on this. So they've um, basically they've gone and partnered with all of these delivery companies, and they've greatly expanded the types and number of restaurants that you can order from. So you can go to big brands now like TJ Fridays, El Pollo Local, Chipotle, um, Five Guys, all of these you can now order food from on Facebook. And this was kind of a, a nice little tidbit that I read. And it said that Facebook has confirmed that it's not charging any fees. This is not a revenue driver for Facebook and they're not sharing... In any of the profits at all. So that's kind of nice.
0: And it's not just delivery, it's also for takeout orders. So right now they're working Correct. with Chipotle, they're working with Five Guys, they're working with um, Papa John's, Panera. You know, these are TGI Fridays, these are some pretty big national brands. So you, right. you can, you know, pretty much from your phone now through Facebook, Order out, and it is. uh, They are working with delivery.com and DoorDash, so there is some stuff that's delivery and some stuff that's takeout, which is kind of cool. Oh,
3: right. And the other thing is, if you have a preferred vendor for your delivery service, you can choose between those different services. Um, If multiple services are available, you can choose which one you use. And I what I think is great for local restaurants is it's a great discoverability feature for those those businesses, when you're in there searching for somewhere to eat, maybe it's in your local area. And so this is a great opportunity for local eateries.
0: Okay. And the next news item, Facebook has done something kind of crazy. And uh, in our pre-show yesterday, we kind of described it as if Snapchat and Twitter had a baby and it came out wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So um, what this is, is Facebook is testing what they're calling text only disposable Profile status updates, okay? So basically, this is uh, up to 101 characters, and then you can put an expiration date on the thing. And what's interesting is that you can go ahead and decide whether it's seen in the newsfeed or whether it's only seen in your personal profile. So, you know, I don't know, like, whether it's going to get any newsfeed exposure, because as you guys know, sometimes we don't see things for a day or two days after it's posted, (laughs) because of the newsfeed algorithm. But this is kind of an interesting feature that uh, I believe has been found in the wild. Um, But Adweek did definitely cover it. Over to you, Kim.
3: Okay. So this is a new resume feature from Facebook. I think that they're trying to get a jump on LinkedIn again. And what it is, Facebook Has confirmed that it's currently testing a dedicated work histories feature that allows users to list their professional experience and education along with contact details, images, and other work related information. And what's interesting about this is it showcases all of this information in a single professional looking page, if you will, away from all of your personal photos, your status updates, and other Facebook posts. So
0: Why don't you read what's on the screen for those that can't see it?
3: So for people that can't see it, this says contact information and it gives the city, the person's name, city, uh, email address experience. This is giving their work experience and then education.
0: Cool. And it's pretty light. It's not like LinkedIn is is, LinkedIn is far more detailed, but it at least gives you a quick little snapshot, right?
3: Right. It is a snapshot, but this is an interesting side note here. It says, um, the screenshot indicates that the detailed information will not readily show up on your public profile. And this could mean that Facebook is considering making the hidden resume details available exclusively to job hunters or talent seekers. Now that could be very interesting. So you could add all of this detailed information. It's not going to be available. So just anyone could see it, but it's going to be in Facebook's database for that you signal. You and know, that, that, that is
0: purely speculation on behalf of the next web, but that is, you know, that that's, that's their take on it, which is kind of fascinating. And I think, you know, Facebook's looking for every way they can to make money. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Over to the next news item. Facebook uh, has this pretty cool feature that not everybody is probably aware of. Uh, If you are on your desktop and you you look at your friends, it'll usually show you a little grid of nine friends. And then below the grid is this little blue Um, Picture. I don't know how to describe what it is. It looks like a baseball card inside of a blue picture. And it says, see what you have in common with your friends. When you click on it, what it does is it shows you the things that you have in common with your friends. And it like shows you like, and you can scan through them one card at a time. So this is one of my friends. I've grayed out his name, but it says that uh, we have 11 friends in common It says that we went to the same college together. It says that we both like Star Wars and so on and so forth. So it kind of highlights the things that you have in common with the people that you are friends with. And you can just scroll through it and kind of discover things that you did not realize that you necessarily have in common with your friends. And it's super cool when you start cycling through this. Um, It just kind of allows you, if you will, to see connections with your friends that you never realized uh, were there. Over to you, Kim. Okay.
3: So what we have here is this is a new feature where Facebook is allowing users to select a destination for their posts, links, videos, and more on their personal timeline with the option to create a set around certain friends or topics. What's the set?
0: By the way, what is a set? What does that mean?
3: A set is kind of like um, a custom audience almost. Oh, really? Whereas, Yeah, it's a... Before you used to be able to show posts only to certain groups of friends. Well, now you can group those by not just around certain friends, but you can do it around topics. And there's, this is a found in the wild. There's nothing out there, official release. So we don't have a whole lot of details about this, but it sounds like maybe you can, you can group all of your friends that are interested in certain topics into a set. And when you want to share, Posts about that particular topic. You can just click, boom, send to those friends that are interested in that topic.
0: This is courtesy of Amanda Robinson, and yes. the. Some of you might be thinking what I was thinking originally, which is, well, can't you just create a friend list? Isn't that exactly the same thing? And it seems as if this is topical. This is the part we don't exactly understand. It seems right. like we could create a a a. a you know, some sort of a a set or destination around a certain topic. Again, you know, this is one of those found in the wild things. We don't exactly know what it is. We're just speculating on what we think it could mean. Are you able to read the little gray text on the screen there, Kim? What does it say?
3: Yeah. It says, create a set to share posts, links, videos, and more for certain friends or about a topic. Interesting. So, you know, I mean, this again is speculation, but it could very well be that if you create a set around a topic, that topic will be searchable.
0: Hmm. Very, and that's very interesting.
3: You know, that could be interesting. It's almost
0: like a photo album without photos, is what I hear you saying.
3: Yeah, that's actually what it sounds like too. That's very good. Yeah.
0: Okay, our next found in the wild is uh, kind of fascinating and good for those of us that have videos. Um, you know how normally, Kim, when you're watching a video, you, uh, Especially on the desktop, if you want to make it bigger, you click on the little timestamp and normally right. that will take you just to the video. Well, now when you click on the timestamp inside of the desktop, it opens up in a full screen kind of situation where the video is on the left. And then what's on the right is actually, um, something called Up Next. And you see all these other videos that you could continue to watch. And then there's another tab that says comment. So like the comments are hidden and then the Up Next thing. So what they do is they're now taking you into immersive video experience, which is what we, we now know exists. With Facebook Watch, but this is now available for non-Facebook Watch. So what we're looking at here is we're looking at our second episode of The Journey. And I discovered this yesterday and today when I was messing around with this, it's like, wow, that's a really great way for me to kind of experience the show, if you will. And it doesn't need to be a show. It could be any video without actually seeing the distraction of all the other stuff that typically is in Facebook. So I think this is kind of cool for a couple of reasons. The up next thing could be one of your videos, right? I mean, like, so it's discoverability for other videos. And it's also just kind of a neat way to watch a video without any distraction at all. What do you think about this, Kim?
3: I think that it's pretty interesting. And it's also interesting that they chose to highlight the up next rather than the comments. So they just showing again how much they're really pushing video. I
0: think they're like YouTube. They're probably trying to acclimate us to watch more and more videos. And YouTube Mm -hmm. rewards videos that keep people on YouTube. This is a known fact. So if there is the ability like to watch a video and then continue to watch other videos That's an action that YouTube wants to reward. It's probably an action that Facebook is trying to reward as well. I would love it if they would, and I've said this before, but I would love it if when you're watching a video, they would actually get rid of the navigation updates. You know, the stuff, I I would love to actually watch the video without these updates popping up, you know, every time a friend comments on one of my posts, I would be hopeful that they would do that someday because that would allow me a truly undistracted video watching experience, right? Because how hard is it to watch a video when you have all these little things popping up over the top of it? It's pretty much distraction. Okay. Another major news item. And it's, this is a pretty big deal. Facebook has acquired another software company that many of you have never heard of. It's called TBH. All in lowercase, and it's called To Be Honest. Now, I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that my teenage daughter, who just turned 13, uses this app and begged me to use this app because every one of her middle school friends is using this app. And to give you some perspective, I went to the TBH website and here's what they said. Over the last few weeks, over 5 million people have downloaded TBH and sent over a billion messages. Wow. What? Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Now, let me tell you. There is no such thing as private messaging inside of TBH. Instead, here's how it works. Basically, your friends, and this is like I said, remember, this is a teenage thing, okay? Your friends say uh they pick they they they, they pick from a list of questions like who has the most integrity and then they randomly pick like four of their friends. And then all of their friends vote on the person and then one person gets to be the winner. So, the way TBH TBH describes this is that um, it's an app for giving anonymous feedback to friends. But unlike other anonymous apps, all the feedback is positive. So, the idea here is that, you know, this is a way of lifting up teens and, and being very, very affirmational and very, very positive. Um, this is probably not something for those of us watching this show. But what's fascinating about this is that Facebook did acquire this company. And the last major company that they acquired, I think, was Instagram, right?
3: That I remember.
0: And that's become a, a huge sensation. So, We can speculate for a second and let's speculate for a second. Why would Facebook buy an app that 13-year-olds are using? Probably because they're going to be wanting to, first of all, and and by the way, we know this about Facebook. Facebook is willing to do things without advertising for years, right? When they Mm -hmm. bought WhatsApp they didn't they didn't interject i don't think any advertising for years which which kind of crushed all the other messaging apps right because like they were just willing to fund it for years to develop an audience facebook is smart they know that these kids that are using tbh are probably not being allowed to use the other social networks but if they can cultivate these children as they become teenagers. And as they begin using Instagram more or be, or their parents allow them to use other apps, you know, that they might not be willing to allow them to use. They will have some brand equity. Just like when I was a kid and I'm going to age myself, I'm 49. But when I was a kid, it was Apple IIs that were in all the schools. And I don't know if that was, was that the case for you, Kim too? Did you have Apple IIs back in the day in schools? So I grew I up with I grew up with Apple, okay? Because they were in the schools and all the kids used them. And now I bleed Apple. So yeah. I think what Facebook is doing here is they are they are, you know, they love that this app is a positive app and that's got a huge following with teenage kids and I and I I don't know where they're going to go with it. But I'm fascinated by it. So, cause mm-hmm. we don't see Facebook acquiring these kinds of apps every day. The, the rumor on the yeah. street is the acquisition was like a hundred million dollar acquisition, which is, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. So do your kids use this, Kim, or, or were they aware of this?
3: I don't think so. I'm going to have to ask, but they're all in high school now. So they're heavily into Instagram.
0: Yep. Very cool.
3: Well, they're not all in high school. That, what am I thinking? Sorry.
0: Yeah. So, but, um, so check it out. Um, if you, if you have kids, you know, I, by the way, I totally checked this out before I allowed my daughter, cause I don't allow any of my children to be on any social platform other than YouTube because they watch YouTube videos. So, you know, um, this is the one that I allowed and I'm watching it, but it seems as if it's really one of the few social platforms where it's not negative, you know what I mean? Where there's no, it's I very, love that. very, very, very encouraging. Okay. Over to you, Kim.
3: Okay. So WhatsApp has rolled out a new and simple and secure way to share your live location in real time with family and friends. And it's really, really super easy to do. What we're looking at in the picture here is this is a map and it shows the WhatsApp user and their real time location. And I'll be honest, I just use this today to play around with it to test it out on my iPhone. And You're supposed to be able to share your location for a set amount of time. The timer function wasn't working on my app, so maybe that aspect of it hasn't rolled out, but it's super easy. What you do is you open up a chat with someone. You go to where you would, you would add an attachment. You click share location, tap it, and you share the location you want to share. You can share your current location or Hmm. someplace where you're going to be. And theoretically or supposedly you share how long you want to share that location for right and hit send. That's it. Super easy. And then it's your friends cool, know exactly would find you.
0: It's really cool because what we're looking at here is like think of the situations. Let's say you're on vacation and you're meeting up with a friend and like you're in a public place, but you don't know exactly where you are. You just Mm -hmm. hit that location thing. And I would imagine it's going to track you if you wander around or if you're at a fair or something like that. So it's, it it seems to be such a cool way. And I like the fact that you can set the time limit. It looks like it's 15 minutes, an hour, a couple hours, right? Is that?
3: It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very accurate down to, I can't remember how many meters, but I think it was like 10 meters. And I could see this using it like a social media marketing world, like, hey, I'm right here. I buy That's right. whatever.
0: Yeah. yeah, the San dark. Diego Convention Center is literally gargantuous. I mean it's Huge. like it's like yeah. a quarter to a half a mile from one side to the other. So
3: Yeah, if you're out exploring the area and you want to meet up with someone, I I'm I'm going to use this because I already already said I've switched over from Skype to WhatsApp. It's my app of choice now.
0: Now what's cool about this is many of you that are not WhatsApp users, you know, I'm sure it's just a matter of time before it comes to messenger, you know, um, there are some people that prefer one app and realize WhatsApp and messenger are owned by the same, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and company. So that's pretty cool. All right, over to the next one. Twitter has rolled out some something really cool called um, Video Website Cards. Now this is an ad solution, and basically what it allows you to do is when you're on Twitter, on your mobile device, and you watch, for example, a video, the video affixes to the top of the screen, and you can be scrolling, for example, down the bottom of the screen. So we're looking at a video of a coffee grind kind of thing going on, and then below the video is the menu for the coffee shop. So I think this is kind of cool. We've I've seen similar kinds of ads on Facebook where I'm watching a video and it kind of sticks to the top of the screen. And then below there is the actual um, website that Facebook, you know, uh, the destination URL, if you will. So it's pretty right. cool. You can customize the headline and web, web page preview. And you can set up different uh, objectives like video views, website clicks and awareness. Over to you, Kim.
3: Okay, so our next news item is that Pinterest has announced that it's expanding search ads to businesses of all sizes through the Pinterest Ads Manager, which is its self serve ad buying tool.
1: Hmm.
3: It's also adding auto targeting for search. Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about this new Taste Graph that Pinterest introduced. So, this auto targeting will be powered by Taste Graph. And how it works is if you Say you create a search ad, you don't have to necessarily put in all of the words that you want. It's going to supplement your keyword strategy by automatically targeting relevant searches. And it's going to include more than 5,000 interests to choose from. So this taste graph has become pretty powerful. But as far as the search ads on Pinterest go, they are going to have broad search broad searches, phrase search and exact match keywords. And you can also use negative keywords to exclude terms. So say you're you want to you have an ad for coffee tables, you're not going to show up in someone's search for, you know, a new coffee house or coffee brew. So this is, you know, becoming this this is something that Facebook really doesn't have and is been solely the domain of Google. So Kudo's to Pinterest, they're really upping their ads game.
0: Very cool. Speaking of ads, LinkedIn – and I've been saying this for a while. If you're not on LinkedIn, folks, you're missing out because Microsoft has really kind of breathed new life into LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is now testing what they're calling an autoplay video ad on mobile. So um, basically LinkedIn is claiming that video performs 20x better than other types of posts. Uh, which I think we've found to be true as well. And with the LinkedIn video, generally speaking, you guys probably don't know this if you're not on LinkedIn a lot, but you have to hit the play button in order for it to start. But with the video ads, they're actually going to begin auto-playing. Now, what's not clear is whether there will or will not be audio. I would imagine there won't be audio because I think that would freak people out if the audio just started popping on, but you never know. So um, right now, this is not available to like self-service advertisers on LinkedIn. It will be rolling out very soon. Oh, it is without sound. I can confirm it is without sound according to Recode. So so there you have it, folks. A, a couple of quick things that I want to mention to you, but before I do, uh, special thanks to Eric Fisher, who's in the control room, Jeff C. who's handling simulcast. Grace Duffy, who is our show producer. Um, this is a show that's every Friday, so get it on your calendar, socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. It's also produced as a podcast, so you can listen to it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere that you can find podcasts. Simply search for the Social Media Marketing Talk show. And by the way, uh, before I mention this last thing, do remember Social Media Marketing World. We have a killer option going on right now, a promotion, smmw18.com, smmw18.com. That stands for Social Media Marketing World. The last thing I want to say is if you haven't yet watched our new, what I'm calling TV show, which is really an episodic documentary called The Journey, I would strongly encourage you to go to journey.show. And when you go there, it's going to take you to YouTube and you want to hit the subscribe button and you want to hit the little bell. By hitting the little bell, you'll get email notifications every time a new episode of the show drops. And for those that don't know what it is, it's a really short video documentary that's like five to eight minutes and people are really excited about it. Um, I don't know how many tens of thousands who have already watched it, but I know it's rather significant. And the feedback we're getting from people is off the hook. As a matter of fact, I can tell you, I don't think I've ever done anything ever um, that's gotten this kind of feedback. And if you think about the crazy journey that we're on as a company, I produce a weekly audio podcast. We produce a weekly live show. And now we produce a a weekly video documentary. And we're planning on producing this thing for five and a half to six months. So, Cray-cray is the is the word of the day if I was to use my children's <laughs> vernacular. It is pretty nuts what we're doing, but I couldn't do it without the amazing team that I have behind me, and I couldn't do it without all of you folks who are part of our loyal community and tribe. So, I just want to say thank you so much for listening and watching. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to join you on the journey. And with that, I will see you all next week. We'll say goodbye to everybody on Facebook, on Periscope, and on YouTube, and You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next week.
1: Bye, everyone. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight,
0: visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash Get updates.